The Barroom Network presents two fired up Bears fans. They are ready to rumble on the Bear Debate. This is David Kaplan from the Cap J Hood Show on ESPN 1000 and NBC Sports Chicago. Now get ready to listen and watch the Bulls 101 with Chris and Laro. Take that, Sparkles. What's up, Bulls fans? This is Chris Amundsen here with my guy, Laro Golden, on a Thanksgiving weekend uh, for, for all of those in the, in the United States. Wish you a happy Thanksgiving. We had a, a lot of fun games this week. But, Laro, first of all, how you doing, man? How was, how was Thanksgiving with the fam? Man, everything was good, man. Uh, Thanksgiving was, was a lot of fun. Um, obviously, some very good food. You know what I mean? Um, baked mac and cheese. I don't care what Matt Judon says, man, but mac, baked mac and cheese is good. Um, oh, oh, yeah. The only thing oh, I was missing, though, is sweet potato pie, and I got to change that. I might have to go get a get a pie a little bit later. But, uh, yeah, man, it was a lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. How about you? Uh, it was good. Yeah, just with the family, uh, kids kids eating eating fun stuff. And, I mean, my kids never eat anything. I don't know why kids, for some reason, the two greatest things in my life are eating and sleeping, and it's two things my kids hate more than anything. For some reason, I can't get them to do either. Uh, <laughs> but that's, that's life as, as a parent, as you know. Yeah. But it was great. It's good to see family. It's it's nice to be able to kind of be in person a little bit more. Um, we we did hold it outdoors and just trying to be as safe as possible. But good food, good people, and hey, I mean, I can't argue having Thursday and Friday off of work 
And uh, we had a couple games this weekend to, to, to go through as well. A pretty interesting week for the Bulls. We had the Pacers last Sunday on a back-to-back after the Knicks win. And then we had the Rockets on Wednesday, the Orlando Magic on Friday. And then yesterday we had the Miami Heat back at home. And we have a special guest for you guys this week. Because the Miami Heat, we just played them yesterday. We want to bring on Alana uh, Tahauer. She is an associate producer at NBC Sports Chicago. You guys have probably seen her occasionally on Bulls Outsiders uh, back when it was airing before the pandemic. And um, she is our first fan of the Miami Heat as a guest. So Alana, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being with us on this Thanksgiving weekend. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. Um, I'm still full. I had so much to eat on Thanksgiving and leftovers. I, I I think I'll be okay if I don't see turkey for quite some time, but it's my favorite holiday, so I can't really complain. There's a reason we only see it once a year. There's a reason. Yeah, you know, I every every time we get close, I'm like, I wish Thanksgiving was every month. And then Thanksgiving <laughs> comes and goes, and I'm like, I don't think I could handle that. Maybe like <laughs> once every season, though. I don't know. I just I love Thanksgiving food. It's just when I have too much of it, then I regret it yeah. instantly. Yeah, the leftovers for me, um, I, I'm not a big leftovers guy, but I could do it like maybe a day, maybe not right after Thanksgiving mm-hmm. Day, but like, you know, a couple days after and I'm all good for that. But you're right. I don't know if I could do it year, like, you know, every month or anything like that. That that would be very tough. So. That is overkill, though. I do hope you go get your pie because that sounds very yeah. sad. Did you have any pie. type of pie at all? <sighs> um, I, I had apple pie. Okay. They had a lot. They had a lot of pies there, but I got to be honest, I'm pretty picky when it comes to pie. Okay. Like I, I, I'm a, I'm a big sweet potato pie guy, um, lemon, lemon meringue pie, but obviously that, I, that's not a big Thanksgiving mm, deal. Mm-hmm. Um, no pumpkin. pumpkin pie. I'm just, to me, that's a knockoff, knockoff sweet potato pie. I'd rather just have my sweet potato pie. <laughs> See, I feel you know the opposite. I mean? wow. I'm like, oh, sweet potato pie. I'm like, what are you doing? Are you just trying to be pumpkin? Like, I don't understand. But they're both good. <laughs> Oh man, that's great. I love I love all pie. I'm I'm a all pies uh in my life person. I definitely <laughs> like all pies. I, I had actually had a controversial take because my favorite part about Thanksgiving and Christmas season, it's eggnog season, baby. And I know Lara does not like eggnog, and people either love or hate eggnog. I love it. I love all the flavors. Give it all to me. I drink it, but a lot of people like dilute it with milk mm-hmm. nope i just drink it straight as much as i can drink because i only got two months to do it <laughs> see i like it if you're mixing it with rum i also don't have dairy so it has to be non-dairy eggnog which ah. literally they have every type now like almond coconut i think they yeah. probably have an oat milk one but it has to be with rum i can't do it by itself <laughs> yeah well i don't i don't do the alcoholic one but um i just it's a great drink and it's a well, great, it's just a great it time. Of, literally two yeah. months. Cause then you can't I know. find it anywhere. I don't know why they don't do it year round. There's no, there's no good reason for it, but I guess it's just a Christmas tradition kind of thing. So, cause it's not good. I was going to say, I don't think there's enough fans out there to have it year round. <sighs> That's all right. That's right. The proud, the few, there More are dozens of us, dozens, <laughs> dozens of us. So, well, man, we're so glad to have you on. Um, I wanted to just, for those for for those who are watching or will listen later that don't know your work, can you just tell us what you've been doing? I know you've been this is your third time around with NBC Sports Chicago, <laughs> so you must be doing something right. And you also mentioned to me before the show that you also just started something new uh, in work. So so what are you doing right now? What's keeping you busy? 
Yeah. So um, my, my background is very odd. Uh, I'm mostly in sports media. So I did the freelance thing uh, for like five or six years and then basically ended up at U Chicago men's basketball actually for seven seasons almost. Um, unfortunately, COVID took away with the last season. So it was like six and a half. Um, and my full time, I'm with a university right now um, doing kind of some digital engagement work with them full-time, but to your point, uh, I am also with NBC. I started as an intern. I'm going to date myself, but in 2010, uh, and then I returned for Bulls Outsiders, which, you know, we were all gutted that um, it got canceled. Uh, and now I'm back as a part-time AP. Um, I also am a part of Five Reasons Sports, though. So mm -hmm. I have a Miami Heat podcast called Feel the Heat, and I'm also on a weekly show called Clutch Corner. Um, so I am born and raised in Chicago and definitely supportive of the city and obviously the Bulls, but I am a Miami Heat fan um, and have been for quite some time. What what got you to be a fan in the first place of the Heat? So randomly in fifth grade, I followed two college players, Dwayne Wade and Carmelo Anthony. I have no idea why I was not following college basketball. I, at the time when I wanted kids, was set on naming my son Mello, and then my other favorite was Dwayne Wade. So then when the Heat drafted him, I just automatically became a fan. Um, but I was a Bulls fan, you know, through and through up until... I don't know, maybe 2010, 2011. And to be honest, when I was an intern um, with NBC, I covered mostly the Bulls because I got lucky. None of the other interns were NBA fans, which was really bizarre. Um, yeah. But I got put on the Bulls beat and it was a blessing and a curse because I had some great opportunities. Uh, but seeing the front office from the inside out kind of made me want to become a like full-time Miami Heat fan because at the time the organization, it was getting worse and worse. Those were kind of like the glory days of Derrick Rose and Joakim Noah and Luol Deng and the team was great, but the stuff that the organization was pulling at the time, at least as a media member, kind of turned me off a little bit. So I kind of went all the way to the Miami Heat. Again, I am so excited that, you know, Bulls fans have something to look forward to. The team looks great now. Um, and I want the best for them, but I am ride or die for Miami at this point. <laughs> wow. This, that, that's 2010, 2011. Huh? Mm -hmm. Wow. That, that's a, that's a year to, to choose to, uh, not be a Bulls fan, but, but, um, no, I, I yeah. For those of you who not turned this off already. <laughs> I know, but like I'm telling you, it's it is, and it's funny because I was talking to a coworker at NBC the other day. Once you get too far into something, you start seeing almost only the bad, and it's like great yeah. that the team is performing so well, and it was super exciting from that standpoint. But kind of like the hoops you had to jump through as a member of the media. I mean, the stuff they were pulling at the old practice facility, the Birdo Center. Um, yeah was very interesting to say the least. So I think slowly but surely, especially once the Bulls kind of lost a little bit of momentum. Um, and the funny thing is people always ask me if I only became a Heat fan once LeBron joined. I actually was against the big three uh, when that first started. And I always love to put this out there because people dig up tweets and I was very vocal against it. I wanted it to be Wade's team. I didn't want LeBron to come in and take over. Obviously, I'm very glad he did and got us some championships. Um, but yeah, it's just I'm I'm really glad that the Bulls gutted out that front office um, because it was it was a shame, to be honest. Wow. Yeah, no, but honestly, um, the Heat have always been like a team that I've always paid attention to just because do you, I, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with Mark Karanzolis on, on uh, Twitter, Mark mm -hmm. Um, he always gets me because, um, like he thinks I have a huge bias against Chicago guys. 
And that may be true. And, and that's probably why like, I like to watch the Heat here and there because I'm a big D-Wade guy. Like, mm-hmm. I've always, I, I follow my, the Chicago guys. Like, I always root for them to do well. Um, and obviously, he, he did well. <laughs> so I always, always uh, love to, to catch those games. Like, one of the games that I always, like, I remember him hitting that shot from, from half court and just getting on top of the, 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 the side yep. uh, table and looking at the crowd. And it was just, like, I remember that moment. Like, D-Wade was just, he was a problem, man. Um, but like, I guess I have a question, like just off topic really quick in mm-hmm. terms of like the heat. Um, like, do you, I guess if I had to ask you a question about, I wanted to know your WNBA side, like, is there a team, uh, are you a Chicago sky fan or is there a pl- any players that you, that you're a big fan of or anything like that? So admittingly, I have not followed the league, um, mm-hmm. very closely at all. However, I had a friend back, back in the day who I think interned at the sky and then worked there for a while. So the only team that I've ever actually followed was the sky. Um, and obviously I happen to be in Chicago, but on top of that, um, kind of similarly to why I think a lot of people became heat fans. I've heard only great things about the organization, um, you know, in terms of the culture and on and off the court. Um, so, you know, again, admittedly not definitely not, uh, knowledgeable enough on the topic, but I mean, the sky did it and that's super exciting. And I think that, um, Chicago fans as a city really deserve to have teams do well here because, uh, over the years that has not been the case often enough. For sure. Hey, speak of the devil and he shall appear. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Is here in the comments. Well, saying Jimmy over wrong. Jimmy over Derek. Whoa, whoa, Alana. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. We're not doing this tonight. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough time. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Alana, about um you said you, you run kind of weekly shows for the Miami Heat. And and Lara and I were talking before the show about the varying opinions of of coaches and it seems like every team's fan base has problems with their coach no matter how good or bad the coaches are in like the league view Mm -hmm. for example like eric spolstra in my view is bar none the best coach in the league like i don't think it's close Mm -hmm. i think maybe five six years ago i could have put some you know two or three other names in that in that category but man it's spo is so good and it was on display i thought in in the Chicago Miami game last night. So some of the, some of the plays he ran uh, the timeouts, uh, especially you know, obviously that last possession mm-hmm. where they got the, <laughs> the wide open layup for, for Kyle Lowry. But do our heat fans, do they have criticism for Spo? Or are you guys just like, Hey, Spo's great. We're just happy to have him. Or, or kind of what's the attitude about it? You him? know, it's funny. You picked the uh, right or wrong, depending how you look at it, person to ask. Um, I actually might be the most critical person of Spo that I have encountered. Uh, and that is not saying that I, I think he's elite. I would not trade him for the world. I have, however, been a little bit critical, especially these last few years of some of his rotations. Um, I think Spo is someone who on occasion gets tunnel vision and if something was working for a set amount of time does not want to adjust that plan because he thinks that guys can work through it sometimes they can and sometimes sticking to the plan is great but there's times when you know things are going wrong or an injury's occurred or you know it's just we need some change even if it's for a few minutes and he doesn't always do that um so i have not really heard many people have criticism of him i have been steady in this opinion 
for the last few seasons. But with that said, um, I think to your point, a few years ago, maybe five years ago, I could have put two, three, four other coaches in that conversation. But yeah, now there's there's no one else I would rather have, even with that criticism. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was just uh, telling Chris I was uh, watching your podcast and you had you had brought that up. You had, mm -hmm. uh, I believe it was Clippy and uh, Kaylee. Yep. Isn't it? Yeah. And you had, you definitely had brought that up about how the rotations and um, like tunnel vision, mm -hmm. you know, that, that that is all I, I, it caught me off guard because, like I said, like we have Billy and we've we've I mean. Jim Boylan, you know, yeah. we, we've well, had, you know, like Jim Boylan to Billy, you guys should be throwing a celebration yeah. every day. And, and yeah. we have, and we yeah. have, <laughs> and, and, but you know, like watching the heat game and then, you know, like I said, when I was listening to your pod, like, I'm like, wow. Like, I feel like I was telling Chris this, um, if, if there are t two teams that are like very good in their own ways, right. And they've kind of evenly matched. Um, like you, the, the, the tipping point or the, the, the one thing that you want that you need is the coach, mm -hmm. right? The coach that can throw a curveball out there that can, you know, just catch guy, catch the opponent off guard or just, just continuing the show, change up looks. Um, I thought, I thought Spo did a good job of, of um, forcing guys, not, I shouldn't say forcing, but like putting guys that maybe the bulls didn't want to, mm -hmm. uh, to take the shot at the moment to take those shots. Um, and I just think that that's just, I mean, ATOs out of timeouts, like the, the, the plays are just, yeah, just really good. Um, so I guess what I, I guess I just wanted to bring up the fact of is like, man, it's just funny. Like I'm, I've been critical since day one, uh, a game one, I should say of, of Billy, because I mm -hmm. felt like, and then he kind of answered it in the presser that, that they just kind of focused more on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but offensively in half court, um, I just it's too much isolation ball for me. Mm -hmm. Like um, the, the 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 offense looks the best when the ball's moving, the ball's popping, guys are getting paint touches. Um, and I just I guess just seeing Spo in the heat just made me realize, like, man, we got we got a little ways to go. We got a little ways to go. Um, but like, how how are you feeling overall about the heat? You know, like. Do you think they are title contenders? Do you think they are deep, just deep run kind of deal? Or like, how, how do you feel about the? Yeah. So um, it's funny because I, I'm also, and I, I'm sure you heard this as well. If you listen to that, I'm very critical of heat Twitter. Um, I, <laughs> it is crazy to me how every single game, there is something that heat Twitter picks apart. And even if we win, the criticism is there. Now, I'm not saying that there's not such a thing as constructive feedback, you know, the, or constructive criticism. I think what I've said of Spo um, kind of falls into that. But for me, it's just the Trey Duncan narrative and the BAM isn't playing hard enough. And the, you know, obviously last year, everyone was ready to give Tyler away for a bag of peanuts. <laughs> um, so I consider myself a lot more realistic and a lot more patient, I think, than a lot of the other fans. Um, right now, I think the hot topic is Kyle and his shooting and people are concerned for me. It is still way too early to have that conversation. Um, we are, I don't even know how many games in, but we're not even a fourth. I think of the way through the season, Kyle came from a completely different system. On top of that, he comes in as someone who his first job is to make guys like Jimmy and Bam look better. Then 
Jimmy's out with some injuries. Kyle's out as well. Our lineups do not stay consistent because unfortunately, like every year, we have the injury bug early. So for me, for people to hit the panic button and Kyle right now is absurd. Um, and it's hard for me to even take that seriously. Uh, if we are, you know, halfway through the season and he's still having problems, fine. But at this point, I'm feeling pretty good about our team. Bam looks a little bit banged up. Uh, I think he has tendonitis in his knee and it's showing. Yeah. Jimmy is now questionable for the next game. Um, so there's stuff to figure out and there's stuff that we have to work through. But I think we're sitting, what, second or third, I guess, depending on how today's games went in the East. I I'm liking what I see. I do think that if there's a move to be made, you know, at the deadline, we should do something, perhaps. I do think we're like one move away. Um, but people are also forgetting Depot hasn't come back yet. So depending mm -hmm. on what he looks like and what his role is going to be, this team could go even higher. Um, and at the end of the day, we are built for the playoffs. I am not someone who thinks regular season doesn't matter at all, but I do think certain teams are going to thrive in certain environments. Um, and if we can, you know, make it to the playoffs in a healthy fashion and kind of figure out the kinks, then I think we're going to make a really deep run. Couldn't agree more. It's funny that you say that because Laro and I, when talking about kind of the hierarchy in the East before the season, one of the things I said was, I think the Heat may struggle a little bit more offensively in the regular season, but mm -hmm. that team is built for the playoffs because in the regular season, they don't have necessarily the depth and there's some injury history concerns, as you've yep. mentioned, right? They seem to get that bug every year. And obviously, you know, Jimmy always misses some time. Kyle's 35 mm -hmm. and... Deals, you know, he still hasn't played yet, right? There's and obviously PJ Tucker, like all these guys are a little bit older, but there's a lot of dogs on that team. Mm -hmm. And that's that the heat over any other team in the East is a team I do not want the Bulls to match up with in the first round. This <laughs> like, would be like, fun though. When I was it watching, would be really I was fun. like, this would be an yeah. awesome, like I will take this to seven just to watch this every night. Yeah. Or every if other if night. it went to seven, I think I'd be a lot happier, but yeah. I, I trust Jimmy Butler a lot in the playoffs and I trust Kyle Lowry yeah. in the yeah. playoffs. And I think Bam is exactly the type of big that you want. And as, as Laro's mentioned, We've with the Bulls, a lot of things you just said about the Heat. I think Laro and I have the same opinion about the Bulls, right? Like, hey, there's some kinks to work out. Mm -hmm. You know, we've obviously we lost Patrick Williams after like, he, he didn't have any preseason. He played like four games and then got clotheslined in the midair mm -hmm. and broke his wrist and is out for the year. Or just yeah, I was actually it. logging that game and I was like a little bit behind because I was trying to catch up and I was like, wait, what? And I just looked at the live monitor and I like could not believe his luck. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously terrible luck, and then Vooch catches COVID, and obviously yeah. he's shooting like Kyle Lowry right now. He's like 30% mm -hmm. from the floor and missing layups. And uh, so that's been tough, but at the same time, as of as of the last night's game, we were second, third in the East, mm -hmm. and we're, you know, 13 and eight, I think, with some, you know, with some good and some bad, but there's a lot to like about, about this team, and fans need to be more patient <laughs> in general about coaching, about... Uh, about players and development and chemistry, but I think those these two teams in the East are have have probably outperformed expectations more mm -hmm. than anyone, or at least are expected to continue to outperform perform expectations. Whereas you got a team like the Wizards who have had a hot start, even mm -hmm. the Hornets have had a hot start, but I don't think people believe in their playoff talent quite as much as they do with the Heat and the Bulls. Now, obviously, the Heat have proven it. The Bulls have not. None of those guys have ever been really that far in the playoffs. I mean, Tamar, I think he went second. Did he go second round or did he go conference finals once? 
I can't recall what the Raptors. I think but. we did conference final. Yeah, once, but think. if you ask, you know, the the narrative around the league is that Demar is a playoff choker, mm-hmm. right? That seems to be like that kind of thing. And Vooch has been in the playoffs once or twice, but you know, these guys have a lot to prove. A lot to prove. Um, so it's it's just interesting to hear you talk about the Heat in that way because a lot of those same thoughts that we've had with the Bulls. Um, so I want to get into the game last night. I, don't, I think we talked before. You were you were a little bit worried about the heat in that game. I know you have a lot of people talking talking some smack. Oh, I was you. getting messages all day, like <laughs> just wait for tonight, and I'm just like, you wait. <laughs> like, why are you assuming I'm gonna lose? <laughs> I going into this game, I thought I thought the Bulls should have lost because they were coming off a of back to back, and their schedule has been absolutely yeah, brutal. And I saw Chuck Swirsky talking about this. I didn't realize that the the scheduling made no sense on that one. They were in Orlando, and instead of just staying near Miami, that that's crazy. Yeah. I I would be pissed if I was that team. I will admit that I, I don't understand and. From our standpoint, if they if the Heat stayed in Miami, they could have spent Thanksgiving with their family. So it yeah. actually hurt both sides. Yeah. I, I didn't understand that at all. This is ridiculous. It was a ridiculous thing. And the Bulls just came off a five game mm-hmm. in seven nights West Coast road trip. They immediately came back to a back to back versus the Knicks and the Pacers. Mm-hmm. They got blown out from the Pacers by the Pacers because they were just tired. Yeah. <laughs> These guys were exhausted coming into that game. They blow into the Rockets. Then they blow out. The, they blow out the magic once they had a day of rest, which was kind of nice. Go um, figure. But then gum. Yeah, who who knew that, <laughs> that if you're not playing a game every night on the road, you might win. It's it's crazy. But yeah, coming into this game, I thought I thought the Heat were going to take it early and take it to us, and they did a little bit. But the Bulls just kind of mm-hmm. they kept, they kept there, even though they had I think they ended up with 23 turnovers, which was a season high by far. The Bulls averaged like 12 turnovers. <laughs> Um, I was impressed. I had a lot of fun with that game, even though they ultimately lost because of Gabe Vincent in the fourth. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was a great performance. So, what did, what did you see from? I'll ask you about the Bulls first. What did you see from the Bulls in that game that got you excited or, or got you worried? Maybe. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I, as much as obviously people talk about Miami being gritty, and we are, and I think to your point earlier, this team this team's identity right now could not be stronger in line with basically what Pat Riley wants his team to be. (laughs) Um, It is, they call it the kennel. We are a bunch of dogs, but I also, the bulls are gritty too. There's a lot of chips on a lot of people's shoulders. I think they do have a lot to prove. Um, And the energy I think is crazy. I also think that they're visibly having fun out there, which makes all the difference in the world. Obviously that's not going to guarantee a win. Um, But the fact that they're enjoying themselves, they, I think really have a lot of chemistry. Um, That's what I love to watch in this particular team right now, how it's constructed. Um, What worried me, I feel like there's some switch that goes off at least so far this season within the bulls where they're like almost right there. And then all of a sudden they get over the hump and then it's game over for the other team. And I don't really even remember what the exact moment was, but there was a moment where I was like, Oh no, Like they were gaining and all of a sudden the momentum picked up and I was like, we're cooked because what happens is we go the opposite route where it's almost, I don't want to say we get complacent, but I think we feel like, okay, we've hit a good rhythm. Things are working. They're going to keep working. And that's kind of where my spoke criticism comes in a little bit because I think the the players too are like, well, this has been working. Let's keep going. Um, When sometimes it takes an adjustment or two to get you back on track. So that did concern me at one point. Um, Also, Like I said, Jimmy and Bam clearly are not themselves right now. 
um, which also had me worried because a lot of times Jimmy's the one who kind of takes over, especially in really close games. But Gabe Vincent, I mean, people, there was a lot of trash talking from Heat Twitter on Gabe uh, going into this season and even in the beginning of the season. And I'm not saying we're going to get this performance from him from him every night, but it's nice that he shuts some people up. You know, it's funny um, about Gabe Vincent and like go, going into I remember in the Olympics, mm-hmm. like he, he played really well in the Olympics. Um, so I thought that he was going to roll into the season like, you know, good rhythm. Yep. And I and I happened to look like maybe just a tad bit. Well, I was looking at like how much the the, the heat plays on um, mm-hmm. and, you know, that, that popped up. But um, also like looked at I stumbled upon Gabe Vincent and like I think the last five games before the Bulls game, he was like 40, 43 percent in the last, last five games. And he was mm-hmm. shooting like six or seven attempts in those games. So it wasn't like fluky. Right. Um, but the thing about the 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 heat um, and again, going back to Spo, like as someone that that I coach, um, and as somebody that likes to look at the game uh, when I'm watching the game as a coach, like it's so. I mean, the Heat just outright they had a great game plan. That you know they weren't going to allow the Bulls to get out and run in transition. Um, they weren't going to allow them to bring the ball up and get in straight into offense. Mm-hmm. They're going to full press you. They're going to they're going to grind you. Well, they down. can't. We're too old, and the Bulls it's- are too quick and too young for us. So there is no way. I'm. I mean, it's true. We can't. Yeah. We can't yeah. be having that, or we're going to yeah. get cooked. It, it, it's just you know the the defense. I mean, they just had a great game, even on offense. Like I felt like you guys were finding a right shot mm-hmm. almost every possession. You yep. weren't rushing your shots. I, I, I felt like there was a bunch of possessions where we're going to under ten. But you mm-hmm. fi- it kept moving, making an extra pass. I remember there was a play, uh, Jimmy drove right right baseline, and they set a hammer screen play for Duncan on the backside, and it was just beautiful. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like this, this is just good stuff. Um, and to go to your point where you were like, uh, you're waiting for like the Bulls to make that moment where they took it off. I, I remember because I was watching the game, like okay, when, that moment's gonna come. Mm-hmm. Like the, the Bulls just usually have that moment, and I remember. DeMar DeRozan hit the end one jump shot. He hit the jump shot and got fouled. And then I remember that that was when Deadman kicked the chair into the stands and they yeah. got the, the and I was like, oh, there it is. There it is. And I yep. remember in the replay, if you go back and watch the replay, Jimmy was like, damn. Like, like you could tell Jimmy was like, mm-hmm. oh, there it is. You know, like, but the heat, they just, I mean, Kyle Lowry, man, he hit some big time shots. Yep. The, I mean, <sighs> But to your your point, Laro, there was there was a well oiled machine. Yeah, kind of. It just looked really crisp in the fourth quarter. Like yeah. Gabe Vincent, the reason he was hitting those shots, he was wide open on a lot mm-hmm. of those plays. They were just they just got that stuff going, and that's where I think the Bulls, even though as Alana mentioned, and and we see it too, they've got good chemistry on the floor, and there's a lot of things clicking for them. But I think that's an area that Billy needs to continue to improve in and continue to expand that offense because. It gets a little bit my turn, your turn at, at points. And we had, I mean, Zach was n- did not have a good game mm-hmm. uh, shooting wise. And Vooch continues to struggle. Now, DeMar came through and DeMar every time is my he, favorite bull by far. He, I was so excited when I heard yeah. about that signing. I did not understand <laughs> the criticism there at all. I thought people were insane. I'm so glad that he's proving everyone wrong because forget oh, yeah. the contract. I, I don't care. He was the perfect choice for this team. Yes. And we said that too. I was a little bit shocked at how much they paid to how much they traded to get him and how mm-hmm. much they paid him. I thought it was going to be more around like low twenties. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think we'd be shipping out that young. I thought we'd be shipping out Larry Marketing. 
So that's kind of the shock value of it to me. But as far as on before he got signed and there were rumors, I think Brian Windhorst had, had mm-hmm. rumors of it. Laro and I and a bunch of others in the, in the, the Bulls chat were like, that's the guy. Mm-hmm. That's the guy. Like, that's the perfect person to put next to Zach uh, to take the ball out of his hands, to get him to the foul line because the Bulls stunk at getting to the foul line, yeah. never got three throws. And Zach had all of it on his shoulders in the fourth. And DeMar is like, hey, let me just get you a bucket. I'm not going to turn it over. I'm going to draw a foul. Or That's I'm make literally right it. Pass. He's so dependable. He puts yes. his head down and just does his job. It's not flashy. It's like fundamental basketball, but it works yeah. every yeah. time so well. And people are still out here doubting him. Opponents, too. You can see it. Even now, even though he's had such a great season already, it's kind of like, all right, like he's good, but I don't feel like they give him the respect he deserves. And maybe by the end of the season, he'll get it. Um, but if if we're talking about chips on his shoulder, Demar probably has the biggest one yet. To <laughs> go to that point you brought up uh, about teams not respecting him, I, I, um, was it the Jazz? They just continued to switch Eric Pascal onto him. Like I'm just <laughs> like you. You just want to keep seeing this mm-hmm. work. Like I, I don't understand. I love it. I love I just it. He just understand. he gets right gets right to the nail. Pulls up every time it's money and they just keep letting them do it. And, and then it's so effortless. It's so, like it just, yeah. it's nothing for him. It's crazy. Yeah. I think. And the point I wanted to make in the fourth quarter here was the, the bulls were missing shots and, and the heat were making shots, but you could tell the difference in the quality of looks that each team was getting. And even though DeMar can take over and get those buckets and it just seems automatic for him when he's not, or when the heat, you know, made adjustments to that or put two on him or whatever, try to get him out of rhythm. The bulls were not moving the ball around mm-hmm. well enough. And that's something that I think they need to do in general, because Zach does this a lot when, when the chips get down and it's like, it's go time. Sometimes he tries to put it all on his shoulders mm-hmm. and it's just, he just tries to take wild shots. And, that and sometimes do after however many right, years he's, he's had, he's to, had to yeah. do that for like seven years of his career. And so there's an adjustment period and we expected a slower start, especially because they played 14 playoff teams in a freaking row. Yeah. Um, and they ended up going eight and six, which I was, <laughs> I was real more than happy with, but that's, that's something that I think that chemistry still has to continue to grow in that area. Um, so I, but I, I'm glad, I'm glad that you as, as like, uh, you were worried about that that click that little thing because that happens a lot in games where the mm-hmm. bulls they just they they smell blood mm-hmm. and they just attack and sometimes it takes them three and a half quarters to get there and sometimes yeah. they get it in the first quarter but but usually once they kind of figure you out they just they just you know they just keep going at you and at you and I thought yeah it was no there's happen. always a moment um, and I think I and. I feel like for me, at least I'm noticing it most with Lonzo where suddenly there's just a shift in him where he was like, he's like, all right, like enough of this. And then he yeah. just goes to a whole nother level. Um, and it's funny because when the Deadman thing happened, I was like, great, we're unraveling for literally no reason. Like I, I had, I had no idea. I love Deadman um, so, so much. And I, I'm so happy that we got him back. I just, I didn't understand that at all. And I was like, now this is going to cost us the game because we went from, <laughs> You know, we we were struggling a little bit and it was closer than I liked, but I was like, what what is the frustration at this point? And that is the moment where I was like, we're unraveling. The rest of the team now is going to just be completely like just distracted by what happened. But luckily after I think Eric Spolster too, after the presser said, like, he's like my heat player of the year for that. And I'm just like, I, OK, like, sure. I like that attitude because we won. But if we didn't win, that would have been the distraction. So it was yeah. it was very weird. 
Um, it was also kind of unlike him, but I, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, Vooch, Vooch also threw his mouthpiece in the game, but I thought yeah. the Bulls had a lot more reasons. Mouth. Yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. like, you just had COVID. Did you learn nothing? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry yeah. that that is that is inexcusable <laughs> to me. I just I don't understand. We got to get the guys to wipe the floor. Pretty, anyways. Yeah, uh, but uh, I thought the Bulls had a lot more reason to be frustrated in that game mm-hmm. because they they just kept turning the ball over over and over and over yeah. again, and even though the heat weren't very efficient in their transition. The bulls had, I think at one point I was listening to the heat announcers in this game. Um, but at one point they were saying the bulls had like twice as many turnovers, but the points off turnovers are almost identical. Or mm-hmm. The bulls might've been a little bit ahead at the time in the game, but that was really uncharacteristic. So I could understand and Vooch missing bunnies, not getting, you know, like you those put back. So I could understand that. Yeah. The mouth guard, like, I'm not, I won't get into that. Cause that was, well, and the that man was a thing. Ju- like, I mean, Really, <laughs> I, 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 it was all over my timeline too. I was not the only because I, I don't think I commented on it because I was like, let me not be this person. But then I looked and I was like, oh, everyone else was saying the same thing. I'm not uh, crazy. We'll jump in. Um, I have a question for you. So, uh, you, you said something at the beginning of the, uh, not the beginning of the season, beginning of the pod about how, uh, heat Twitter they can be, you know, all over the place, and I think. I, I we resonated I resonated with you so much on your point where you know bringing up the fact of the situations that these players have been in before and now coming together like it's going to take time and I, I just I guess sometimes I get a little frustrated with the criticism uh on the timeline specifically for uh Vooch Kobe who I've been labeled as the Kobe apologist for which <laughs> whatever um I just feel like if you're going to criticize, totally fine, fine. But like, let's add context, mm-hmm. add, you know, what is different for this person? Like Vooch is going from Orlando where he was the number one option last season. He was a number two option had way more touches during the game. Mm-hmm. Now he's coming into this season off COVID missing practice, start off the, 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 the year in a slump, but now he's the third option. And, and sometimes some games second, but, and it hasn't been this season, but um, it's just, I guess I want to ask you, as someone that's been a Heat fan for a while, and you saw that the first year of the big three, and I, by no means am I saying that this is, you know, LeBron, D-Wade, and, and Bosh. That's all. right. That would be, that would be, um, that would be kind of an insult to our guys. I think our guys <laughs> <laughs> um, Please continue. But like, but like. How long did it take Bosch to really get all three of them to really click in your opinion? Yeah. I mean, that first season was rough. Um, And I think that it probably was actually a little better than it could have been just because of the closeness that they, I think they had off the court. They had that relationship. Um, But that, you know, that's why I can't get behind these just overblown statements of about, you know, whether it be Kyle or, you know, even Tyler last year. Um, to me, to your point, there's no context of it. It's like people are just dropping these players in and expecting them to be not even what they were before, because I was actually having a conversation with someone about this uh, yesterday if you look at Kyle, Kyle is not even has never been the guy that people want him or some people want him to be this year. So it's 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 almost twofold where, first of all, you're not giving him time to develop on this new team in the new system. But you're also not even looking 
back at kind of historically how he's played. You just want him to be who you want him to be. Um, and I, I, I think there's a narrative component um, of, you know, whether it is the Heat or the Bulls, that people get locked into this thought of this player should be this way for my team and that's it. And to me, it's absurd. Um, all the expectations put on Tyler Hero just because he had a great run in the bubble. Yeah. He was 20 at the time, maybe just turned 21. The bubble was a very strange environment, and yeah, the heat thrived in it, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be the same outside of the bubble. People were blaming the fact that he had, had like a Chipotle bowl and his own cereal. I just, <laughs> it's it's expectations that people are putting on these players that, of course, they're never going to meet, and then people get let down by their own expectations. Yes, so yeah, thank you. Chemistry takes time, whether you're talking about our guys or the Bulls. Um, and to be honest, I think the Bulls, for how early it is in the season, look great. Like, I don't really see, yeah, Vooch, there is something left to be desired, but it's early. He's coming off of COVID. He noticeably, to me, at least lost weight that I think yeah. he's going to have to be, you know, have to put back on. Kobe's coming into an entirely new situation. <laughs> I, the Kobe thing, I don't understand because we've had this conversation at NBC too, where some people are like, eh, it's time to move on. And I'm like, Move on from what? You haven't even what? actually seen him with this team. It's like, hey, this guy hasn't played basketball in six months. He comes to a team where the literally the only person from last year is mm -hmm. Zach Levine. Uh, because at that time, Patrick Williams is out. And, yep. uh, and um, I'm sorry, <laughs> Troy Brown Jr. is not playing. Mm -hmm. And Vooch is out with COVID. So the three people who knew from last season, oh, I guess Javante Green, but Javante Green didn't really play didn't last play, year. Didn't play, right. It was like... He is now – he went from the starting point guard of this team and being at the point of attack on defense mm -hmm. in a different scheme to, <laughs> hey, now you're a gunner off the bench. you got to fit in with this system. It's, you're reading and reacting. you got Lonzo and Caruso holding the ball and DeMar. Like, and, and people are like, hey, uh, why is he not scoring 20 points a game or 15 points a game on 38% shooting from three? And, you know, like people – it is – it's as you mentioned, though, this is what we say all the time. It's the fans who create the expectations mm -hmm. and then are let down by their own expectations. And they're not realistic. The they're no, literally they're not. not even realistic. It's not that they're <clears throat> setting these expectations that are a little too high. They're completely out of left field. They absolutely yeah. make no sense. It's too early, but they also just make no sense within the greater context of the team that's being put together. Um, and to me, that's my biggest problem. The other thing that it really just gets me going is they're like, let's get rid of him. Let's move him. Who are you getting rid of him for? Like, say Kobe right. or Tyler or even now what? We're getting rid of Kyle Lowry. Like, who is it exactly that you want so badly on this team? And what what are you – what is it that you're desiring that you're not getting? I just – it. there's yeah. criticism constantly. And it's, it's almost like people just want to be negative to be negative. And I'm just not that kind of person. So I am just, like, consistently against the majority of Heat Twitter at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt this way, and Lara knows this. I felt very strongly about this last year with Wendell Carter Jr. Because, mm -hmm. and and it was not helped by the fact that the people on the broadcast mm -hmm. were like trashing him every game for stuff that wasn't actually true at all mm -hmm. because of a lack of understanding of how defense works in 2020. But uh, <laughs> it was it was like, hey, Wendell, why don't you go from playing a blitzing scheme and never touching the ball on offense with Jim Boylan to now you are the hub of the offense, the, mm -hmm. you know, a post, like a high post passer. Also, we want you to shoot a lot of threes, even though you've never done that in your career. And, you know, we want you to score 20 points a game. Like, just everything heaped on his shoulders. And the man improved at everything. He shot 36% mm -hmm. from three last year. 
He he doubled his assists. He lowered his fouls. He lowered his turnovers. He was one of the best screen setters in the league. Like he was doing his job. He was improving. But because the team was having struggles mm-hmm. and he had mental struggles with it and was open about it, mm-hmm. Bull Twitter just went at him yeah. constantly, constantly made him the scapegoat. And once he got shipped out, the scapegoat became Denzel Valentine. Mm-hmm. And this year, which, so far, with which, well, there, I, Denzel's <laughs> the only, I, I don't know how much I can protect Denzel. I'm sure he's a great guy. But like, no, he, he played poorly. He, he played, I thought he played really well at the beginning of the year. I thought he started off really strong. His defense was better. He was shooting, he was making better decisions. But, as the year progressed, his shooting went down and he started making wild decisions. And well, I and thought his, he deserved basketball a criticism. Bit bizarre too. Like I'm all yeah. for being confident, but there's confident and there's like not being <laughs> self-aware enough to understand that like you're a liability at this point for this team. So maybe you shouldn't be so outspoken. Um, I don't know. He's that... in Cleveland now, right? Yeah, he, he is. Okay. He is. I don't know how I, he's doing there. I wish him nothing but the best, but yeah, that, I think that's where it kind of, you, it, it kind of crosses over that line, right? I think it's fine to have basketball criticisms mm-hmm. or things you say, hey, I think you can do this better or I'd like you to do less of this. We do that all the time on our show. And obviously you do too. Um, but when it, it gets a little too personal sometimes and, and people just are trying to be negative mm-hmm. and make it personal and have these unrealistic ex- expectations. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really funny that you say that. I because, wish that more players yeah. honestly would call people out because I don't know if you guys saw Bam indirectly called out Heat Twitter a few days ago. Um, there is now this campaign of like, Bam needs to become the best three-point shooter on the team. And it's like, oh, yeah. that's really I not that. what his role should be. <laughs> like, okay, I would be thrilled if his three-point game improved, yeah. but that's not where he needs to focus. And basically in some interview, he was like, you know, I would really love people, like love it if people would stop because it's never going to happen. And just because you're, tweeting that you want me to do it doesn't mean that that's like he he basically put a stop to it and i just i loved it because if i feel like if more players do that people would stop talking you know what's crazy is like when players do you know respond then they're the bad guy Mm -hmm. you should be focusing on practicing you should be focusing and it's like katie why are you on twitter responding to trolls they can't win sometimes katie well, that's, <laughs> I'm, I am personally grateful for his tweets. I, <laughs> I just have never seen a more insecure list. person in my life. And I have, I don't understand <laughs> it. This man is so talented. There is no reason for him not to wholeheartedly believe in himself. And this dude's out here with like 75 burners defending himself 24. I, I, Katie, I'm not, a, I, I take issue with that. Um, but I do think. Yeah, fans don't like being called out, and I understand why players don't do that. I just, me personally, I, I found that so satisfying because I'm like, why why would three-point shooting be what you want Bam to get better at? There's a yeah. lot of stuff that Bam can improve on, but right yeah. now him becoming our leading three-point scorer, that's that's just silly to me, Like that, and that's just not realistic. <sighs> yeah, no, I, I like Bam is like, <clears throat> I believe, I, I haven't really like paid attention like, recently but i felt like at the beginning of the season bam was like his confidence level offensively mm-hmm. was like at another level than i was used to um did he has he taken a step back in terms of that aggression yeah um so you know i think that bam came out of the offseason obviously with an olympic gold medal which helped yes. uh he absolutely put on weight as well um which was great weight and muscle um i think that bam 
And this is honestly, I think it's a personality thing. So for me, I, I am no longer really the type of person to like dwell on it just because I, I think that at a certain point people have limitations within their personality. I don't think that Bam will ever see himself as like the go-to guy for him. You know, he's going to look at Jimmy and he's going to look at Kyle between the fact that he's much better than he gives himself credit for. And to be honest, the future of the team, it's, it's Bam's and it's Tyler's. It's not Jimmy's and Kyle's who are already like in their mid thirties. Um, and so I think that people are frustrated because he's not looking at himself as the guy that he should be to me. It's a personality thing. And I don't think that's going to change. Um, so I don't really take issue with kind of that, uh, his, that side of his aggression. I do think he could stand to be, he plays smaller than he is. Uh, and I think that against certain matchups and certain kind of opposition that does hurt us. Um, with that said, do I think his knee, unfortunately is playing a role in that? Yeah. I don't think that he's as confident, um, in his own body right now to withhold or withstand kind of contact. I don't think he's getting to the rim or being as aggressive inside because of that. I think it would do him some good to just get a little bit of rest. Um, that's obviously tricky for us because then we're relying on Deadman and you're at seven, who's not necessarily ready. Um, but I think most of what people take problems with with bam is is just the fact that he's not looking at himself as the number one or number two like to me i think bam sees himself as three or four when tyler's doing really well um but i i've just accepted it as long as he's healthy and he's kind of um being physically aggressive i'm okay with kind of his mentality just because i I think it's a him thing that sounds a lot like how people feel about patrick williams here Mm -hmm. you know it's very 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 similar yeah, it's that idea that if you're not aggressive or if you're not like an alpha mentality, that that's a weakness or that's something to be ashamed of or something you need to change. And that's that's not. All. I mean, you can't. You can be an extremely great basketball player mm-hmm. and not have that. Not have that alpha dog. Like, and you know, know, for us, need. part of the reason why we brought up, brought in Kyle, obviously he's great in terms of X's and O's, but is for that because I think Jimmy for a long time was the only one outspoken enough to kind of um, take charge and kind of call guys like Bam out, but they wanted someone else for him to kind of bounce that off of because it wasn't going to be Bam. Um, But the idea that you can't be great just because you have less dominant of a personality, I I don't buy that. They're people at the end of the day. We are all people. We all have different personalities. um, And I think he can be great as long as he's healthy. I just really hope that his knee doesn't turn out to be a bigger problem than we think right now. That's a good point. That's awesome. So I wanted to ask you um, if you if you got to watch any of the other three games the Bulls played this week. Uh, the Pacers game was uh, I don't know if it was worth watching. <laughs> I saw a little bit of the Rockets game, which was oh, also man. pain. <laughs> the one the one win Rockets. Uh, we mm-hmm. lost the one win Rockets. I thought that was that was the worst loss of the year for me. Yeah, personally, but um, I I thought they were going to have a much better game, but. Um, yeah, they they went one and three this week, which has their been their worst week yet. Mm-hmm. Even though it's been, I think, the easiest schedule they've had since the first week of the season. But hopefully, hopefully the schedule makers decide that you know the Bulls <laughs> deserve more than one day's rest and no back to backs in the next you know, or like not facing a bunch of playoff teams in a row. But the East is so good this year, as you mentioned, the standings on a daily basis are mm-hmm. changing, right? I mean, two losses and you go from first to like eighth or ninth and 
now we see the Bucks are back. The, the Hawks are coming back up. I was about up, to and... say, the Bucks have been um, very quiet. I kind of forgot they existed for a little bit until they signed DeMar, yeah. DeMarcus Cousin today, which... Really? I don't... Yeah, DeMarcus Cousin to the Bucks, and I, I got a yeah. good laugh out of that personally, so I'm very curious to see how that's wow. going to work out. Uh, well, I, I did want to ask you because a lot of Bulls fans have been clamoring for... Marcus Cousins or like Marvin Bagley. Um, but you mentioned that the Heat are like one move away. And I wanted to ask you about the Bulls because the Bulls seem one move away. Like they seem like they really need another kind of big forward, mm-hmm. like a, a Patrick Williams base. They need a Patrick yeah. Williams, um, but preferably one who's who's not, you know, injured and in his second year. But what do you think? Um, what do you think the Bulls need? Or, or you know, they've they've looked really good, but what is it that you think they need and where do you think they can go? for that yeah I do think size uh is probably all I would say I know some people were kind of talking about the lack of depth at the beginning of the season but I don't know guys like Javante Green have really stepped up I'm not saying that he you know in a playoff situation would necessarily be the person I'd want to rely on just in terms of experience um but I do think that size is an issue uh and it kind of unfortunately depends to if Vooch is gonna keep up being this way or if he can kind of get back um i personally am gonna give him time just because he's recovering from covid um but you know he didn't start off the season great either so um it's funny you bring up demarcus cousin with the bulls because when i was writing for hoops habit i wrote like an opinion piece on what demarcus would look like on the roster and somehow or another it got turned into i'm reporting Oh. That Demarcus Cousin was being signed to the Bulls. So suddenly, my tweets, my DMs are blowing up, being like, "What is your source on here?" And I'm like, "Are you all even reading my article?" It was literally <laughs> like what this would look like. Um, I ended up on like the Bleacher Report feed. It was a mess. Um, Demarcus on the Bulls. I mean, he's now found a home. I don't think that would be the answer, but I do think kind of a versatile big man would be great for them. Yeah, I would love one, but. Uh... <laughs> Where do you find such a man? <laughs> the trade deadline, I guess. I just don't know who you're going to be moving for that. Yeah, well, if if uh, Bulls fans have their way, there's a rotating group of people that they like to blame. For oh, the loss, Heat, so. Heat fans want to get rid of the whole team. At this point, it's goodbye, <laughs> Bam. Like we don't need Bam anymore. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, if, if if yeah, we would be very grateful for a guy like Bam Adebayo. <laughs> I was like, I was saying, hey, you know, Wendell Carter, we can actually trade back for him at the deadline. That's it's been a year. Where is he now? He's in Orlando. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's he had right. twenty six and ten against us, even though we won the game. The, he's uh, he's looking good. He's shooting forty percent from three. Although he's, Orlando's he's, he's my, really struggling, so. Well, yeah, not that anyone expected anything otherwise this season. I I'm, I hate the Magic um, with <laughs> a passion just because they always play well against the Heat. So I'm, I can't. So even when Vooch came over, I'm like, do I have to like him now? Like it was, it was pure pain for me just because I he he did too much damage against the Heat. But um, he does so, seem like a great guy, and I wish I wish him a full recovery. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to ask you um, that there there always seems to be weird team struggles like for example the lakers lost to the thunder twice this year somehow Mm -hmm. um and we always a couple years ago we like lost every game to the atlanta hawks and then there was there was a year where jimmy butler just owned the raptors no matter what happened (laughs) no matter how how good the raptors were no matter how much they were up in the game jimmy butler just destroyed the raptors Mm -hmm. so i wanted to ask you if if the heat you mentioned the because you mentioned the magic kind of have 
uh, good games against them. Is there like a, a heat killer out there, either a team or a player that every time you play them or that person gets on the floor, you're like, man, here we go again. So uh, we have a random heat scrub killer, almost every random team. However, Malik <laughs> Monk is <laughs> transforms into like LeBron James against us or Michael Jordan. <laughs> it's the most frustrating thing doesn't matter what team he's on. Um, it was funny because when we played the Lakers, everyone's like, okay, he's on a new team. This won't happen again. He destroyed us. Uh, I don't know what personal vendetta Malik Monk has. I feel like we created this monster. Um, so he's, yeah, he's definitely it right now. Um, generally, it's the magic overall. But honestly, since the magic kind of dismantled their core, I actually don't know if that has been a problem or not. So maybe Vooch was to partly blame. Maybe it was Vooch. When Vooch is on, man, I mean, the dude is a bucket. I mean, and, you know, so, I mean, <laughs> he can get you in the post and get you mid, uh, mid range. He can get you three balls. So, I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's, I've it's heard of this. I'd, I'd like to see it at some point this year. <laughs> You've heard of this version of him. Yeah, I don't know where I've, it is, but <laughs> we saw a little bit last year when it was just him after Zach got COVID. But man, if I think that's, the, I think the, the Bulls have another gear on offense. Not only mm -hmm. are they not playing to their effectiveness, I think scheme wise, I think they're, Vooch has another gear that, I mean, he's, he's is he going to shoot like 40% at the rim for the rest of the year? I don't think so. Like there's nothing, he doesn't look like there's anything wrong with him. It's just like he's missing bunnies. And that's, so. I think the thing with the criticism from, you know, for both fan bases, it's that it's stuff that is going to eventually sort itself out. Right. Um, you know, mm -hmm. people being worried about Kyle shot. It's Kyle Lowry. I'm not concerned. The same thing with Duncan, um, th I think the difference yep. with Duncan is that, you know, when his shot's not falling, he doesn't really give us much else. Whereas Kyle makes himself himself useful on both ends of the floor in another way. The problem with Duncan is when, if he's not, if he's not shooting well, he's just racking up fouls. Um, but his shot will come back. Like there's no, <laughs> he's not, and I'm not trying to throw the guy under the bus. He's not Ben Simmons. His shot's not broken it's not the fact that it's a worth e work ethic problem um so i think the same thing sure. for both you know for vooch it's this isn't gonna be vooch all season it sucks yeah. that it's been hard before covid and then he obviously has to recover from that but i think that you know to your point both fans should be excited because if they're looking like this and vooch is not performing well imagine when he starts doing so yeah i mean they're they're like they were fifth in offense coming into the heat game as well like that's mm -hmm. <laughs> i mean yeah. And the, uh, another thing is right too, like in my bad, Chris. But the other no, no, the no. other thing is too is like, yeah, his shots not falling, but the Heat still sent doubles. They they still mm -hmm. they still showed a lot yep. of attention to Vooch. So while yep. fans are mad about his shot not going down, as long as he like obviously you want him to make shots, but as long as teams are still worried about Vooch, that helps. That that yep. helps. You know, so if you're if you're scheming the same, the same way yep. like Duncan Robinson, right? If if Duncan Robinson's flying off screens and they're mm -hmm. still guarding him like he's a 40-something percent shooter. Yep. Whether he makes a shot or not, your offense can still flow effectively for the most part. So, yeah, it'd be nice to make a shot every once in a while. It'd be nice to, like, not have Gabe Vincent go four or five from three. Listen, if four. Gabe can keep this up, I will be so, so happy um, because I think that... I will not. <laughs> you know, and it's interesting with Gabe because coming off the Olympics, I think everyone thought he was going to try and increase his shot volume. And he actually mm -hmm. came forward and said that he wanted to be more of a traditional point guard and he wanted to make, you know, other guys surrounding him a little bit better and give them more looks. Um, but obviously, Tyler didn't play against the Bulls, so... Yeah. There was no one to make look better. Uh, and then obviously Debo's not there yet either. So I do think that he might take a back seat. He he has taken a back seat when Tyler's in, but even when Debo comes back, but if he doesn't have to, 
if we can rely on him on shooting, I mean, we we are in a lot better shape than I thought, especially, you know, if Jimmy, Bam, et cetera, um, are going to need rest and Kyle's going to need rest too. Yeah. I will say, though, looking at the his shooting in the last, like I said, last, well, six games now, mm-hmm. it looks trending up, trending up. I mean, he's taken, like I said, six or seven. And he's making a good amount of them. So um, I don't know. We'll see, man. I, yeah. I, people are uh, the no name. And I'm like, God, yeah. you missing. Like, you, I don't know. I, There's, I don't there know. are no no names in the NBA. I'll just say Not that. Not on the like, heat, especially. They, people That's, should be used to this players. from us. It's really annoying, actually, that they can <laughs> they can even have, like, a terrible summer and sign all these guys to, like, major deals, like, in 2016 mm-hmm. and somehow end up being title contenders anyway, like, within a couple years. <laughs> It's really frustrating, but also, you know, it's like the model, right, of a front office. And um, last thing before, well, I have two more questions, but they're short ones before I let you go. Number one is, what do you think of the front office changes? What do you think? I mean, obviously, you, you're on record here that you're not a fan of the, of the previous regime, and I don't think there were many people that, that were. But what do you what think of the job of. <laughs> that AK and Mark have done so far? No, I think they're great. Um, I think that First of all, they're working together. And I, I know that seems like a silly thing, but I really there's the lack of communication in the front office prior was wild to me. Um, you should all want the same thing for your organization. You should be in line with not only each other, but the team and the fans. Um yeah, shout out to DePaul, where I actually went to grad school. So that's <laughs> that's another kind of plus of that's having Max Cruz in the team. Um But no, I think everyone in this front office now is really in line um, and they care about the players, which again, seems like it should be a no brainer, but I don't think that was the case before. Um, I, I think that they are way more strategic too about building this team. um, And I'm I'm going back to DeMar finding DeMar was, was perfect. And even if some people didn't see the vision, I think that they really thought that through. Um, I, I wanted to root for Markinen. It just wasn't a good fit. And I think that letting him go was a great move as well. Um, I feel like certain organizations and certain front offices, they want something to work so badly that regardless of kind of view, you know, the consequence, they keep a guy. It was smart to let him go. It just, it wasn't a good fit. I think he was getting frustrated. It just, he needed a new environment. So I'm really happy with what they've done. Um, and I, I personally like Billy Donovan, obviously I'm coming from Spo, so there's not really comparison there, but I like what he's done so far. I like that he, he seems self-aware, uh, and he, he seems like, you know, he's kind of a player's coach and I think the guys respect him a lot, which I don't think can be said of Boylan. Um, I'm not sure if a single player really respected him, uh, which kind of makes it hard to play for a coach that you don't respect. Yeah. And then the front office that also doesn't care about you and doesn't communicate with you. And yeah. And the medical staff that gives spinal taps for no reason. And, you know, just lots of good stuff. I was also not a Hoiberg fan at all. And I know Mm -hmm. that was controversial because a lot of people liked him. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, I just, I did not think he was a good fit. I I don't think that his, um, he didn't translate his coaching well to me from college to not only the NBA, but that specific team he had, I think he kind of treated them like they were a bunch of 17, 18 year olds that could run the floor and that were, you know, moldable in a different way. So I wasn't a fan. Um, I feel like the bulls have had a, had a rough, 
the yeah. last few years. They they like getting rid of their successful coaches. Yeah. You know, they they run Tom Thibodeau out the door. Uh, they run what was that guy's name? Phil Jackson, I think. I can't remember, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. They ran him out the door. Uh, yeah. So I'm so glad that this has changed. So uh, and my last question for you, and I'm and maybe Lara has one as well. But my last question for you was, I want you to tell me where the Bulls and the Heat finish in the standings this year at the end of the season. Um, so going into the season, I had the Heat at three and the Bulls at five. I am now going to change my take and say Heat two and Bulls three. Okay. Because they have both surpassed fair. my expectations. And the Bucks have definitely done a lot worse than I thought they would. But they're coming. I think they're fourth right now. <laughs> yeah, but back. I don't I don't know if it's just me. I feel like this DeMarcus thing is gonna throw a wrench and it's it's some some wild stuff is gonna happen. It, it's cousins. Like, how can it not? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um I it's funny. Listen, like before the season, like I always thought like the heat were gonna be good because I'm a big believer in like, yeah, they may not have like their offense may not be, you know, whatever. But when you have defenders that they have and you can create, you know, create a lot of mess on that end and able mm -hmm. to get out and get easy baskets, like that makes up for a lot of stuff. I mean, and mm -hmm. um, Jimmy being the floor general, like they have two, in my opinion, because like Kyle Lowry last night, like the way he was directing traffic, you know, I'm, I'm right before they ran that beautiful Spain pick and roll play in the backside where Javante literally just looked at the lob. Anyway, um, like I just, it, it's just that that type of stuff that matters. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it is regular season, and there are going to be some games where guys are going to be like, man, I don't feel like playing tonight. But for the most part, like that stuff matters. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what I love about the Heat. And um, Jimmy, man, like <laughs> he's the he's the goat foul. Love, love Jimmy. Like, Jimmy's the a dude, psycho oh, in the best he, he way possible. Okay, he and crazy. Kyle, he and Kyle are award-winning actors on the court. Oh, yes, yep. I mean, it's amazing stuff that they get away with. <laughs> what, <laughs> but what you gotta respect it? it. Um, Alonzo was fighting for the rebound oh and literally gosh. just trying to like box out Jimmy yep. and like, literally nudge him just a tad bit. And Jimmy, like, oh, like, it's, just like <laughs> it's like Jimmy is just so good at like making these refs like. <laughs> and Kyle barks at the refs nonstop oh. the whole game, and it's my favorite thing. Actually, we had an internal on the network, an internal debate about this, because a lot of people are saying they're getting frustrated because they think that he's going to get a lot of unnecessary fouls and or technicals. I love it. I say bark as much as you want. It's you're Kyle Lowry. You can do whatever you want at this point. Um, but yeah, he just he not he just yaps. It's just yapping the yeah. whole game. Well, it's definitely a your mileage may vary depending on what player you are. If you're LeBron James, you can yell at the officials as much as you want yep. and you never get a tech. Same with Draymond Green. For the most part, same with Kyle Lowry. Yeah, you know, if you're Zach Levine, you don't you don't get that re same respect. He's Not getting yet. there. Yeah, yeah, but you gotta yeah you gotta be who you gotta be mm -hmm. uh, to, to do that kind of stuff. But what was it? Lowry Lowry did something where he caught the ball under the basket and literally threw the ball. <laughs> he just threw the ball on hit the bottom of the backboard. He didn't even try to make a shot. He just threw the ball and like flopped on the floor. <laughs> yep. With people around him, and he got a foul call. I was like, come on, guys, come on. And you hate to but play against that, it, but once but he's on your team, you're like, do more. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That that's why the the one team I really don't want to face in the first round is is the Heat. Not because I don't think it would be entertaining, because it definitely would be. Yeah. But I just that kind of stuff. Those those little points that you add, or like having Spo. Spo gets you an mm -hmm. extra two, three, four points a game. That's the edge sometimes 
in a playoff series that, that you want. So uh, I, I think that's fair. Two and three, I think, is ambitious and also fair based on what they've done so far. And the thing is, I'm I'm usually known as the realistic one. So I feel like if I, I if I'm going to get wind of this tomorrow from someone in the <laughs> network being like, did you really say that? I don't know. I'm feeling good, though, on both these teams. Obviously, I want the Heat to come out better off, but I am still pulling for this Chicago team for sure. It's great to see them both both doing well. Mm-hmm. At, at least Chicago. I'm just saying. But, yeah. <laughs> I, I got one last question, and then we can let you go off and do what you want to do. Um, but I know I have some when he was here uh, with Jimmy. But what's your favorite Jimmy moment since he's been a, a Miami Heat? Oh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> man, Bubble Jimmy was oh my on gosh. another level. Um, he was so tapped in that I have never personally seen him like that. So I think I'd have to go with that. Um, and it, it wasn't just on the court, but it was just the camaraderie that he brought to the rest of the team in the bubble. Um, I the bubble was made for a team like the heat. I know some teams struggled and I I completely understand. I know guys like Paul George were speaking out about kind of the mental health effects that it had. um, And I completely get that, but I think for the heat, it it was the perfect environment. So I think bubble Jimmy, I know everyone loves bubble Tyler, but bubble Jimmy is kind of one ups for me. The, the man like LeBron went stupid in like two of those games and Jimmy went stupider and won the game for them. (laughs) I couldn't believe it because LeBron's like, 40 and 15 and 10 or whatever he had. And Jimmy was like, yeah, I got that a little bit more <laughs> and the win somehow with like two of my best guys. Off the floor. I, I gained so much respect for Jimmy. I was like, Hey, that seems like a guy you want to build a championship. <laughs> Weird. <sighs> well, yeah, that works. It's okay. It's, you know, we got Zach Levine. It's, it's we're, we're doing okay, but I always have love for Jimmy. I was going to say my favorite Jimmy moment was when he roasted Max Struess just like three days ago about <laughs> Max Max Struess saying, hey, come to this Max Struess appreciation night. He's like, hey, no, I'm coming to that. <laughs> his literal, like his trolling on Instagram right now is hilarious. I don't know if you saw oh. that he posted um, about Kyle and Damar being like, there's a new best friend in town. Oh, like he yeah. just, he roasts <laughs> these guys nonstop. He's like, I love it. and that's the thing off the court. He like, it's, he doesn't take himself too seriously, but once it's yeah. game time, like it's game time. Um, yeah, yeah. I I love him. I I was really excited when he came to Miami. What was it in the in the bubble? Big face coffee? Is yep. that what it was? Um, the whole thing. And those prices now, excuse himself, <laughs> because I was ready to go all in, and then I saw those prices, and I was like, I'm gonna need to save up here for a little bit because I'm gonna get my hands on something. But he he wild wild yep. on that one. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Well, Alana, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. We appreciate you uh, coming to talk about the Heat and the Bulls. And uh, obviously, we appreciate your work at NBC Sports. And uh, we love the rivalry. It's always fun. I can't say rivalry. It's really hard for me to say. But <laughs> we, we do love it. And uh, it was great to, to see those those two teams battle last night. And we've got another one this year. And then mm-hmm. the playoffs, I think both of those teams are going to be in the playoffs. And we may see... You may get your wish, and we may have a seven-game series between those those two. So so much fun! Oh, it'll be awesome. So, Alana, uh, let everyone know where they can find you and your work, and uh, we'll let you go. Yeah. Um. So I'm just Alana Tahauer, like it's on screen, but T A C H A U E R. Um. On Twitter and Instagram. Uh. And like I said, me and my co-host Michael Christian have our own podcast, Feel the Heat. Uh. And then Clutch Corner is on um on Wednesday nights. 
depending on the time, we somehow take over uh, the post-game show. So we're going to be doing post-game. Uh, I believe we played Cleveland on Wednesday, but it was a blast. Um, and thank you for letting me talk some heat in here, too. I feel like I, I snuck enough heat talk <laughs> in <laughs> with the right. both of you as well. Well, oh, I think it's, it's always good for that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're. I also think it's it's very relevant. I mean, I think the, these two teams are going to be some pretty damn good teams in the mm-hmm. East this year. So, you know, I, I didn't mind it. I, I love that team. You know, so I, I always love to hear other people's perspectives about their teams and then the outside perspective about the Bulls. Because sometimes it makes me feel like, hey, <laughs> we're not as stupid as we yep. thought. Or we, you know, we were able to predict this thing. So and that's at this awesome. point, I love talking heat with anyone who isn't heat Twitter. So anytime <laughs> y'all want to talk, just let me know. Because it's we'll refreshing not to uh, have you be like, don't you want to trade away literally the entire team? <sighs> One day we'll get it right. Hey, yeah, I mean, if you guys want to trade us Bam or Tyler Hero, I don't. But if you yeah, want to go ask just Pete Twitter, they'll probably up. give you him tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> we'll hit up our tourists. You know what I mean? <laughs> that man's doing work. Anyways, thank you guys so much for for listening in, for watching. Uh, for those of you that get to listen later, um, give the Barroom Network five star review whenever you can. Check out the other shows. Thanks for watching Bulls One Hundred and One. We'll we'll catch you guys next time. See ya. Peace.